This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, every Monday I give one of you a hundred bucks to invest in your idea and get to the top. To enter, subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove it. This week's winner was Jesse from up in Chicago. Coming up tomorrow morning, Top Tribe, you're going to hear from Ankur Nagpal. He made $2 million at 18 and then quit for Teachable, worth $30 million? Okay, Top Tribe, good morning. I have my tea in my hands. You're going to love our guest today. His name is Michael Port. Now, he is called an uncommonly honest author by the Boston Globe, a marketing guru by the Wall Street Journal, and a sales guru by the Financial Times. Michael Port is a New York Times best-selling author of six books, count them, six, including Book Yourself Solid and his hot new release, Steal the Show. Michael, are you ready to take us to the top? Heck yeah. All right, so let's do this. I'm so thrilled that you're on. First off, tell me about the book launch. Why write another book? Everyone says people just lose money and waste time writing books. Is that true? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure some people waste uh, money and time writing books. Look, this is my sixth book and I am not writing another one. I (laughs) <laughs> Although I, I've said that for the last four, I've said, punch me in the eye if I say I'm going to write another one. But in all seriousness, I think often people ask me, what's the biggest mistake you've made in your uh, journey? And I would say it's writing too many books. Mm-hmm. The first book I wrote came out in 2006, Book Yourself Solid, was a huge hit. What's and, that mean? How many sales? Uh, about a half a million. Okay. So you sold half a million copies. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. We'll loop back to that in a second. Keep going. Okay. And that book sells regularly. It drives a lot of business to our licensing program for our consultants and coaches, uh, for our mentoring programs. And the books that I wrote after that, I wrote in such frequent, um, uh, in, in succession so frequently that I just couldn't promote them. Mm-hmm. My next, my second book came out in 2008 and my third book came out in 2008 My fourth came out in 2010, then uh, the fifth in 2012. So the thing about a book is that if you're uh, in the kind of businesses that we're in, you're using that book to create awareness. So it is a marketing tool. Fortunately, I get paid nicely by the publishers to write them. But those advances are, are just that, advances against royalties. So what is, is Michael, what is the typical advance? And I ask that because we have so many authors looking to get into the game and people hear these stories about big successes getting huge advances, but they don't hear the stories of everyone getting like $2. Yeah, well, most publishing companies uh, are going to give you about $2 uh, to write your first book (laughs) if you don't have a platform. If you have a platform and you've sold a lot of books, then you have a track record or you have a platform with you know, uh, uh, say via a blog with hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode, you know, you're going to sell a book for, you know, a good six figure, uh, advance or mid six figure advance. What was your first you... one? What was the book yourself solid advance? That was back in 2007, right? 25,000. 25,000. And that was in 07? That was actually, I sold it in 2005 and came out oh, in 2006. And that was, you know, that was a typical advance in those days, but the industry is 
totally different. I mean, it yeah. is a completely different beast now. Uh, so yes, there are good advances for people that uh, have platforms. Uh, and at the end of the day, I, I, look, people get into this you know, self-publishing versus trade publishing debate all the time. I publish through a trade publisher. I've got a great, uh, great, I publish at uh, Houghton Mifflin or Harcourt now. Uh -huh. uh, they're fantastic. I've got a great editor who actually edits the book, which is very, very rare. Uh, and they, you know, they're going to distribute it uh, throughout the world. They're going to handle all foreign rights. They they put it in all the bookstores. But at the end of the day, the marketing responsibility is still mine. But if I was self-publishing, I w wouldn't be in the stores in the same way. It's just a different model. Michael, now, how how did you make Book Yourself Solid the first one such a hit? Five hundred thousand copies on your first book out. You know, usually people they like they don't so do they don't do so good on their first one. Then the second one does better. Then the third one is like a bestseller. How did you hit it so big on the first one? How did you promote it? Well, I wouldn't say that usually it works uh, differently. And sometimes, you know, you're a one-hit wonder and your first thing is a massive hit and then nobody wants to read anything else because they think of you or associate you with that particular oh, interesting. type of material. So, uh, you know, if you talk to a lot of my colleagues, often the first books were their really big books. Uh, John Jance, Bob Berg, uh, Chris Brogan, uh, and the list goes on. You know, this is uh, something we've chatted about uh, over the years. And the other thing is that you, as I said, you only have a certain amount of time to promote books. So you've got to make a, a really, you know, a clear decision about which titles you're going to be moving. Uh, even, you know, even Malcolm Gladwell's biggest book is still his first book, still the tipping mm. point. Yeah. Yeah. What was the one, oh, give me one thing. You probably did a lot of marketing stuff for Book Yourself Solid to get 500,000 sales again between 2005, well, 2006 when it released and now. What was the one thing you did though that drove the most volume? One, one. just give us a tactic. At, what our those, appetite? Well, though, in those days, there was no social media. Okay. It didn't exist. Everything was email marketing. And it was, I think, easier then. There were not as many books coming out. Uh, the, uh, the, the space was just not as crowded. And so those of us who were well-connected, uh, we were able to ask our friends to promote. And in those days, we didn't worry about pre-sales. It was all on the day. So, you know, six o'clock in the morning on the day of release, we go, would baby. Start, go and we would get <laughs> 20, 30, 40 people to promote via email for us. And on the first day it came out, I hit number two on Amazon. How many did you sell on the first day? Do you know volume-wise? I don't know. I think the first week was about maybe 6,000 copies or so. And the way you did that was the number one thing was email marketing. Got your friends yeah, it, to email market well, for number you. One was email, the number one thing was email marketing. Wow. And th these days it's still harder to get, it's harder to get your friends to promote via email because you know, it's just because there's so much noise. So that's number one. And then I'd say the second thing is that I got a book into the, into the hands of the chapter heads for every BNI chapter around the country. Oh, that made a big smart. difference. Interesting. Yeah. Top Tribe, isn't this guy gold? Isn't this guy gold? Michael, everyone's going to go buy your books. You're just you're giving it away here on the show. People are going to go buy your books. It's going to be great. Okay, BINs. It's so interesting. So 2000, uh, 2008, second book. 2008, third book. 2014, fourth book. 2012, fifth book. Talk to me about Steal the Show. How's it doing? Steal the Show. Uh, first week it came out, number four in the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, USA Today list, Publishers Weekly list. It's killing it. And it's still uh, it's still selling incredibly well. And we're now in the sixth week. And uh, my hope is that it becomes an evergreen book. That's what you're looking for. You're looking to write books that have evergreen potential. If you write a book that is, you know, like the political books, it's, it's it's got one season in it. You write yep. a social media book that is incredibly detail-oriented from a tactical perspective. Got like with two respect. weeks. You got two weeks. <laughs> so 
So you got to keep doing new additions, new additions, and new additions. And there's some value in that, certainly. But most of the folks that I've talked to who are in that space, who've written those kind of books, uh, uh, you know, bemoan the fact that they wrote that kind of book and, yep. and you know, wish they had, had done something a little bit more general and strategic. But Steal the Show is the book that people are surprised I didn't write first because my first career was as an actor and I had a modicum of success. I was on shows like Sex and the City, Third Watch, All My Children, Law and Order, 100 Center Street. I did The Pelican Brief, Down to Earth, Last Call the Believer. And then I did hundreds of voiceovers. Voiceovers was my bread and butter. Uh, and, you know, like I used to do a 1-800 called ATT. See, or, guys, doesn't he have a great voice? I mean, look, it's, you can still sell a voice today. I guarantee I, it. You're, that's very kind of you. But, you know, my, po- my podcast, Steal the Show, is one big, giant voiceover. I read all of my books. Most authors don't read their books. I read my books. I often joke it's the only thing I'm trained to do because I have a master's from the grad acting program at NYU. Everything I've learned in business, I've just learned on the street. But this book is about performance, not just public speaking, although it is a tour de force on public speaking. We have uh, another business that is called Heroic Public Speaking, and it is designed to help people make better public speakers. We, we can guarantee that we can make anyone better. That's a guarantee that we give uh, to everyone. But the book is not, and remember how I said, if you write a book that's incredibly specific, you, you, you can limit your market. Now you can get to a market, and if that's your market that you're trying to reach, uh, because for business purposes, then that makes a lot of sense. But for me, I wanted to go bigger. I want the general audience. Totally. I want everybody out there. <laughs> So I didn't want to write a book just about public speaking because not everybody is out there reading books about public speaking. Yeah, you know, Half Michael, it, go ahead, yeah. keep going. Oh, well, I just real quick, let me yeah. add in here because I think what you're saying is so critical about the, the timelessness of books. Um, and when people are thinking about writing a book versus a one-hit wonder, we had Jay Papazon and Gary Keller on back in episode 36. And they were so intentional about when they wrote the one thing to make sure that it was going to be a timeless book. So if you guys want to listen to how Jay and Gary thought about that in episode 36, go check it out. They also break down how they sold 27,000 books in the first week using three tactics. And then Michael, you you said Bob Berg was also a good friend. He he also says the same things that you did with some with one or two other little surprises, little twists he added in. Back in episode six, he talks about how he sold uh, 1.5 million books. Isn't that crazy? 1.5 million books. So that's in episode six if you guys want to check that out. Let's loop back, Michael, into how you're using Steal the Show. First off, you listed all these things where it's number one or top ten. It, talk to me. What does that mean in terms of volume? How many books have you sold so far of Steal the Show? Steal the show so far is probably about 13,000. Okay, 13,000. And we're at, and it came out on the 6th of October. It's the 5th of November right now. Got it, got it, got it. October 6th, great. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so I want to then loop in real quick to heroic public speaking because Sue Zimmerman, who we had on, uh, you know, great episode back in in the, in the early days where she talked about how she sold her $997 course, which Michael is actually an expensive course. She talks about how she sold a lot of those in episode 24, but she also talks highly of everything you do, including the heroic public speaking uh, uh, product you've put together. What is that product and what does it sell for? Well, there are a number of different ones. So we have a crash course that sells for a hundred million dollars. No, it sells for <laughs> it sells for one it sells for one thousand dollars, and it's often discounted. We run uh, specials on it, fifty percent off. So heroicpublicspeaking.com, you can learn about that. We do a big event in February. This is the thing that everybody goes to, newbies and a-listers alike. That's in Fort Lauderdale. You can learn more about that at heroicpublicspeaking.com. And then we do a graduate level program. 
And the graduate level program is a higher level program for four months. People come to Philadelphia for four days a month to work on their speeches. And this is this is the really this is the way to get better because public speaking is an art. It is not something that you can learn in an afternoon. And a speech requires a significant amount of rehearsal. One of the things that I detail in Steal the Show is a seven-step rehearsal process, because if you don't know how to rehearse, you probably are not going to rehearse. And most people don't know how to rehearse. Why would they? They were never taught how to rehearse. So I teach them how to rehearse. Now, the other thing is that people will often uh, rebel against rehearsal. They will resist it because they say, I've done rehearsal in the past, and as a result, I was stiff. And I think that they're right because they did a little bit of rehearsal. If you do a little bit of rehearsal, then what happens while you're giving the speech is you are trying to recall what you did in the rehearsal rather than be in the moment when you're giving the presentation in mm -hmm. order to be spontaneous, to, to really be improvisational rather than winging it. Those are very different things. You need to be so prepared that you know your material cold you could do it backwards. You don't need a slide to tell you what's coming next. You know it so well that you can essentially forget it when you walk on stage so that it comes back to you organically in the moment and you're much more connected to your audience. That's the highest level type of performance. So that if in the middle of your presentation someone's phone goes off or a table collapses or something random happens, you can capitalize on that moment with some humor versus getting thrown off your beat. Absolutely right. And if you are well rehearsed, then you actually come off as more authentic rather than less authentic. It's what an actor does. The best actors in the world are the most authentic actors in the world because they bring every bit of their heart and soul and imagination to that performance. And when they are, say, in, a, in an intense emotional state, if they're crying or wailing or fighting, they are really feeling those things. They're not... Uh, trying to trick you into think that they're crying or something. They really feel those things. Now, of course, they know they're not in World War II. They know they're on a set somewhere. But as a, as a speech giver, as someone who is giving a speech, the same thing is true for you. The better you know your material, the more authentic you can be when delivering it. You're also more comfortable. You have less anxiety, which, of course, then makes you more authentic because that anxiety doesn't become a wall that is blocking you from reaching the audience. I love that. So, so important. Well, Michael, you, you throw out a lot of links to your books, to the sites. Guys, we'll link to all of those in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 116. Again, forward slash the top 116. Michael, people are going to want to follow what you are doing online as you keep building this empire. Where can they follow you? What's the best link? HeroicPublicSpeaking.com is the best link if you want to follow me from a public speaking perspective. If you also want business advice, you want more, MichaelPort.com is a great place to go. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Top Tribe, one of my favorite tools that I use constantly for my blog articles, for the podcast images, and a lot of other things is called Growth Geeks. It's like my underground secret tool. Here's why. I can hire growth hackers on demand. I can hire them for 100 bucks when I need them, let them go when I don't need them. 
I worked out a special rate for you guys to jump into a free trial on Growth Geek because I know the founder. The link to get your free trial started right now is growthgeeks.com forward slash top tribe. Again, growthgeeks.com forward slash top tribe. Go check it out. There you have it. Okay, Michael Port, my heart is beating faster. I don't know if you can hear it through the microphone, but do you know what time it is? Of course I do. What time is it? It's time to be at the top of something, <laughs> I at think. The, look, at see, this is a little bit of that improv stuff he was talking about. <laughs> Michael, it is time for the Famous Five. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number one. What's well, your... before you do the Famous Five, Hit me. I, I, I w- I'm going to listen. go back and listen to shows with people that I know who are, are very slow in there <laughs> and see how th- can they keep up with you? Can they match <laughs> your energy and your pacing and your timing? And I'm going to guess most people can't. You got to so, move it, baby. You got to move it. You got to move. So here we go. Question number one. one favorite business book. Oh, my God. Favorite business book. Yep. I would say uh, John uh, Bogle's book, uh, The Little Com- Book of Common Sense Investing. I love that. Number two. Is there a CEO, Michael, that you're following or studying right now? Mm, no, there isn't. OK. Number three. Is there a favorite online tool you have like Evernote? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Evernote is certainly one of them. But I love to use Kiwi. For Gmail. Because, I've never heard of this. Yeah, keyword for Gmail because I can do Gmail uh, on my desktop rather than uh, always having to be connected online and I find I, I have less issues with Gmail as a result. K-A-K-I-W-I? Yeah. Very good. Okay, number four, Michael, ma- married, single, do you have kids? Oh, well, I'm getting married in a month. Ooh, yeah, and that's I'm good going, stuff. I'm going from one child to three children. There you go. Okay, so here's the big question. Yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? No. No. What Are you getting close? Yeah, yeah. I usually get about six. Okay, I'm a six. really early riser. Okay, very good. Okay, last question. Michael, how old are you now? I am 45 in two weeks. Okay, happy early birthday. Take us back 15 years. If you wish your 20-year... Wait, take us 15 or 25? Take us back 25 years. If you wish your 20-year-old self knew one thing, Michael, what would it be? Do not give up because you are too needy for approval. <clears throat> and can't handle rejection. Oh, I love when, that. When I was an actor, I was much more interested in approval, and the more rejection I got, the harder it was, and I quit too early. I was on uh, the rise, and I gave up before I should have given up, and I had all this bullshit excuses about why I was leaving, but ultimately I think it was because I just couldn't handle not being a superstar at that immature age. Well, top tribe there you have it the one and only michael port from selling his first book in 2006 book yourself solid and selling over 500,000 copies to a hugely successful course in heroic public speaking to his new bestseller steal the show michael thank you for taking us to the top you are very welcome Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks next Monday. That's better odds in the lottery, people. This week's winner was Jesse from up in Chicago. If you like today's show, Top Tribe, with Michael Port, go right now and listen to Darren Rouse's episode from yesterday. He breaks down how he does $1.3 million per year with ProBlogger via his 950,000-person email list. 